everyone, and welcome to the Learn and Lead podcast. The Learn and Lead podcast is for educators by educators, and we want to bring the world of Arizona public education to you and our thousands of members across the state. Our objective is to provide a platform for the voices of our educator leaders, along with some amazing community allies, and have conversations about those education topics that are on everyone's mind. Hey, Carrie, did you hear that Girl Scouts actually just came out with an artificially intelligent Thin Mint? What? Yeah, it's one smart cookie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yep, I miss yep. those. <laughs> yeah, yeah, should have seen that one coming. Hello, and welcome to the Learn and Lead podcast. My name is Amber Gold. I am your AEA treasurer. And I'm Carrie Wolf, your Learn and Lead specialist. And today, we are staying in Wonderland and seeing how deep the rabbit hole goes as we talk about how artificial intelligence is changing the way we teach and learn. Okay, well, I know in like the English teacher world, Everything on social media is blowing up right now. Like that's the that's the hot topic. That's what we're all talking about. So it's been kind of crazy to see the the you know the gut reaction to um, things like uh, Chat GPT, that that Open AI, where you know students are using it to to you know write essays or things like that. So it's been a little crazy. Okay, so for us newbies to this topic, what does this mean? What is Chat GPT? How does it work? How, why is it becoming so such a popular topic right now? Well, you know, it's a little uh, more human than human, I think, is its motto. I'm just kidding. That's a <laughs> different movie, different movie. Um, okay, but I did look this up. So basically, the, the little about statement that they have for ChatGPT is that we've trained a model called ChatGPT, which interacts in a conversational way. The dialogue format makes it possible for ChatGPT to answer follow-up questions, admit its mistakes, which, you know, more people should probably do, challenge incorrect premises, <laughs> and reject inappropriate requests. Interesting. And so that's like the little summary that it has on its front page. And I haven't played around with it a whole lot. Um, but I, I know my students definitely have. Well, and I've seen it on the consumer side because sometimes, right, you're on a website and you'll get a little like button that pops up that says, hey, do you have questions about this? And you start answering them. Like I know when every time I have to talk to someone about my phone bill, it's always on oh, the, the chat. chat bots. Yes, the chat it's the bots. chat bots. Yes. And they like <laughs> give me standard answers. I'm like, okay, well, that's helpful. Well, that's not. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you you know what? And it's it's really interesting how much this is infiltrated without us really even knowing it. We have the customer service aspect um, for um, people that do a lot of gaming and use uh, Discord. Uh, the chatbot feature is almost on every single thread. Like you could put it in there and the chatbot will help you kind of navigate things. So it's something that's so integrated into what we do. I mean, even like... When you say hello to the certain robot on your phone um, that starts with an S, I would say the name, but I think then everyone's phone would go off, <laughs> right? Is that how it works? I actually have an Android, so. <laughs> yes. But, like, it's so integrated. And so, um, I mean, our students are using this technology um, in a much more in-depth way than I think some of us in uh, different generations are. And so it's been it's been fascinating to see how the world of education is reacting to it. And I feel like I've um, talked to elementary teachers before who have like a Google or an Alexa in their room who like let the students ask it like some silly questions after reading a book to kind of engage them or even letting them ask how to spell words. Ask the, um, you know, the Alexa rather than going to the teacher every single time, teaching them how to use their resources. Well, and that's kind of the, the funny thing. I mean, I used to, we used to use dictionaries all the time. And now that we have Chromebooks in our classroom, like, 
my dictionaries haven't been touched, which is probably a good thing because most of them were falling apart anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, even um, the New York City Department of Education, the the largest public school system in the U.S., announced that it was banning Chat GPT huh. on school computers and networks. And you so think I don't know. A good thing. Um, you know, it's interesting. I, I think we're probably going to see more bans. Um, so it's, it's hit or miss with me. Like the more research that I'm doing on AI, uh, specifically with like chat GPT and how they're using it in classrooms, um, there's, there's pros and cons to it. Like I know there's some issues at the higher ed level. Uh, I was at a conference over the weekend and I was talking to some of my higher ed colleagues and they're actually seeing people that are submitting like dissertations for their PhD and things like that written by AI. Wow. And there's not a lot of AI checkers out there that could that are really, you know, proficient enough at calling these types of things out. So they're having a lot of issues with it at that level. Yeah, and I'm I guess like it goes back to that idea about process versus product, right? Like what's more important, having a perfect product or going through the process to create the product. And in case of a dissertation, right, the whole point is the process and how you go about exploring and researching and developing your opinion and changing your opinion and kind of getting t the facts together in a new way and seeing things in a new light, having that like paradigm shift um, and then putting it all together in that paper. And so if you're doing that, yeah, you're obviously missing out on the process part, but you're getting the product part great. Right. Well, and, and yes and no, because I mean, we still are, are relatively early on in that I, uh, the AI stage. So it's kind of a little easier to tell right now if you're like really truly reading student writing. Um, and that's kind of one of the things we discuss at the high school level, because of course the, the chat, um, the chat GPT has a certain lexile that it's at. It ha uses higher level vocabulary, um, which, you know, if you're grading a freshman essay, those students aren't quite using that yet. And so if you are familiar with your students, and you are able to walk them through like the process of writing an essay, you'll see their steps along the way. They're not just going to turn in a final draft at the end and call it, right? right? So that's where we're kind of at with things is, you know, once again, looking at that process. And I could tell when a student has copied off another kid, right? I'm like, oh, this is not your work, right? We've always <laughs> had that. And so I feel it's very similar when it comes to chat GPT, right? Yeah, my favorite is when you're reading a middle schooler's essay um, as an English teacher and you see parts that are in a weird different font and you're like, oh, you straight up copied from oh, the internet. so <laughs> not good at plagiarizing. Like, what? It's like the, there's still like links. Like, hot, like, come on, kid, at least try. <laughs> yes. Uh, we've all had those. Um, well, you know, and it, what's kind of interesting about it too is I was talking to um, one of our AP teachers on my campus um, who was having conversations about this too and how they have a plan to actually use one of the AP prompts from the past or like past few years or whatever, um, type it into the chatbot and have it generate an essay mm. and then literally walk through it with the kids. What was good about it? What was bad about it? What could be um, improved? Where is the analysis? Where is the critical thinking? And it's that analysis, the problem solving, the critical thinking that tends to lack Mm -hmm. um, when it comes to AI at this point in time. Oh, it basically creates work, student example work without having to actually use a student's work and, you know, embarrass them in some form or fashion. Yeah. And so that's, I mean, that's a plus to it too, is how can you use it to dissect writing and dissect analysis um, in a way that, you know, students can then see it as being used as a tool and not, hey, there's an end product. 
I feel like as educators, we're going to really have to think about the prompts that we're giving students, right? If AI is becoming more and more popular, how do we write prompts that are genuinely connected to our students' lives where a random computer could not possibly answer the question. It's going to require them as a human being to make a connection and to to think critically and deeply about a topic. So it's going to cause us to kind of take pause and think about what we're really asking our students to do and to think about. <laughs> well, and I had, it, I had someone give me an interesting analogy to it because I was talking to someone and they were kind of like looking at me bored and I'm like, wait, what do you teach? And they're like, oh, math. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, okay. So basically they just gave us an English calculator yes. or like the, the photo math, you know, that, that has oh, been used yes. a lot. And I'm like, okay, so you guys have been dealing with this for a while now. And now you're looking at us like, yeah, okay, now it's your turn. And by photo <laughs> math, I think you mean like those apps where you like take a picture of a problem and it like solves it for you. Yes. yes. And so like, to me, looking back on everything, our, our math teachers have been dealing with this for you know, ages. And yeah. so the fact that on social media, all the, the English teacher Facebooks are, are blowing up, um, it's kind of old news. <laughs> so if we just look at things from a math teacher's perspective, we can kind of ge- glean some little tidbits of knowledge and experience for how we can, as English or social studies or science teachers, rethink what we're doing. Yes, exactly. And so it's, you know, working together as an educational community to see how we can use these things as tools and not necessarily as um, as something that is just used as a cheat tool. Right. You know? Or just blocked so that students never have the opportunity to learn how to use it as a tool rather than to use it for plagiarism. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and it's <laughs> another fascinating piece is how it could just be applied um, to, to everyday use as well. Um, I was talking to another educator in a, in a different state, and they were talking to me. Those um, of you who have been to our, uh, our delegate assembly, where we have resolutions and we have new business items and we do all of that, well, they actually wrote a resolution, um, a core belief statement about artificial intelligence using AI. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and it just it, it cracked me up. Like, they use the chat GPT, the open AI wrote a resolution and they're trying to get it passed. And it's literally about the use of AI. And it just blows my mind that these things are happening. (laughs) You know what I was really thinking about? I would have loved to have access to chat GPT to create those lesson plans that you turn in that no, like no principal ever actually looks at, right? Like (laughs) you have the real lesson plans that you have, right? And then you have like the really formulaic ones that you're required to turn in. And so I would just love to be able to use that chat GPT to fill in those kind of less useful but required lesson plan templates. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I mean, I guess they don't really accept them when they're just bullet points on a post-it note. (laughs) Not that I've ever done that. Um, (laughs) But okay, so then looking at other things, uh, I haven't shown Carrie this yet, but one of the things I did before we started this is I actually asked ChatGBT um, to write a 15-minute podcast script about the use of artificial intelligence in the classroom. Oh my gosh. And so I just I just handed her what it wrote and it literally broke it down to to segments, right? So segment 1, understanding AI in the classroom. Segment 2, personalized learning. 3, automating uh, automating uh, administrative tasks. Segment 4, potential challenges. Segment 5, the future of AI in the classroom. Um and it's it's some good content in here. Wow, this is really organized. 
I know. I knew you'd like that. It's kind of making <laughs> me feel a little bit inadequate. Like we just came in here to chat and here is a much more organized approach to this podcast. So in, in reflecting on this, and I didn't want this to necessarily influence how we did our podcast, Yeah. but it is interesting to think about it from that perspective, right? The organization and how we could have, if we looked at this beforehand, what would we have included? What would we have been like, eh, not yeah. so much. How would we have structured it? And how much influence does that have over our creative process? So just to give you an idea of what we're looking at here, um, and maybe we can attach it on the podcast as an artifact. That'd be cool. Um, So it has like an introduction that says, hello, and welcome to the AI in the classroom podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about how artificial intelligence is changing the way we teach and learn. I might have stolen that line. (laughs) (laughs) My name is ChatGPT, and I'll be your host for this segment. And then it says, segment one, understanding AI in the classroom. Okay, what I'm really interested is reading what it says for segment uh, two. It says personalized learning. Yeah, so, okay, so let's read that. So one of the biggest ways that AI is changing the classroom is through personalized learning. With the help of AI, teachers can now customize the learning experience for each student based on their unique needs and abilities. You know what? Okay, pausing on this because this is what the chat AI is doing. But we are using um, a lot of that technology when it comes to IEPs. So uh, individual uh, education plans and how... um, we're able to take, you know, this is where the student is at. Um, this is where they did well. This is where they need improvement and like customizing it literally as they go step by step. In the English world, there's a program called No Red Ink. That oh, I, I have love used No Red Ink. And it's it's kind of similar in that it, you know, it kind of follows this, the student in that way. Yeah. And Khan Academy can do the same. I mean, those programs where if a student gets the answer wrong, it gives you like more practice questions. It gives you like other examples. There's so many of those personalized learning AI programs programs that are already out there and in use. Okay, which is crazy because here's how the rest of the segment goes. This is made possible through the use of data and machine learning algorithms, which can analyze student data and make recommendations for what they should be learning next. For example, if a student is struggling with a particular topic, the AI system can recommend additional resources or activities that will help them grasp the concept. Like literally what we were just talking about before I said pause. Oh, how interesting. Like I didn't, I didn't put those two things together as being connected, right? Like, cause chat GPT is like the hot buzzword thing, but we've already been doing, using AI in this way, right? A lot of educators use this and relied on it for differentiation um, during and now after the pandemic with students being in totally different levels of skill at different, in different areas, having a way to differentiate in a way that's a little bit more attainable when you have 35 kids in a classroom than you as a human being trying to go and individually meet all 35 of their needs. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. And so I think as we, as we look into how we can utilize AI more in the classroom or whatever, it's just, it's really going to come down to the creativity the emotion, the empathy, the problem solving, and how much of that can be artificial versus what we need to put into it as as human. You know, I do agree that it's easy for a computer to, you know, grade like multiple choice tests and maybe like short answer answer prompts. But I guess my question is where how could AI be used in an instance to grade something like project-based learning, right? Or something that is a little bit more complex and a little less of a checklist. I mean, one of my issues as an English teacher with the way that AZ Merit or whatever it's called now, I feel like they've changed the name a thousand and one <laughs> times, um, with the way that it's being graded is that it's 
a checklist of like, how many sentences do you have? And we know that that's not really the best writing practice, right? Like no. it's, it's all about a lot more than just, do you have six sentences or five sentences in a paragraph? Like that's not. Well, because <laughs> kids will just write whatever at that right. point. We call that, we, we, we say we're not allowed to use the F word, fluff, <laughs> fluff. It is fluff. Um, and you're not allowed to fluff up your paper. If you've already stated something, you got to move on. Yeah. Well, and we don't need our writing to be, you know, formulaic, but I feel like that's kind of the default that we end up going to when we struggle to come up with those more challenging types of writing. <laughs> Although essentially this is basically like a haiku, right? That's kind of formulaic, but there's still room for creativity. Yeah. Haikus are easy, but sometimes they don't make sense. Refrigerator. <laughs> Yeah, that, that lines up. But yeah. Anywho, um, okay, so we want to interview a bot. Do we want to interview Chat GPT? Okay, let's do it. <laughs> okay, so I have it open up right now. Um, what do we want? What do we want to ask it? Is what is your opinion on pineapple pizza? Ooh, controversial. I know. Starting with a big one. Oh, okay, so now it's typing. Literally, it says, as an AI language model, I don't have personal opinions or taste buds. Oh, well, that's true. I should have seen that coming. I can, however, tell you that pineapple as a topping on pizza is a matter of personal preference and a subject of much debate. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. It gave me like a whole like paragraph. Some people love the sweet and tangy flavor that pineapple adds to pizza, while others believe that it's an odd combination and ruins the traditional flavor. Ultimately, the choice of whether pineapple or to include pineapple as a topping or not comes down to individual taste, and there is no right or wrong answer. So, okay, so it said earlier that it makes mistakes, right? Because obviously it's wrong. There is a correct answer. Pineapple is great on pizza. So, you know, AI has to learn. Okay, so here's a question, <laughs> and maybe we can figure out a way to ask ChatGBT something to test this. But I guess my concern is we know that systems that are created by humans are innately flawed, right? Mm -hmm. And we know that they lean towards our own biases, right? And so I'm curious on whether AI tech is going to be influenced by the biases of the people who are creating them. So is there any way for us to test that with a question? Oh, Maybe oh, ask it something that's kind of one-sided and just see what the response is. If they're, you know, giving a more balanced answer or if they do kind oh, of okay. assume. All right. Um, hmm. How about should prescription drugs be cheaper? Because that has some layers to it, right? Yes, it does. Oh, it's telling me that the, the issue of high-cost prescription drugs is a complex one. Cost of prescription drugs can make it difficult for people to access medications they need. Oh, but it literally gives like both sides. That's interesting. Which, okay, so to me, something like this, um, being able to put in a prompt like this and sh and show the concession rebuttal that yeah. takes place when I'm teaching my, my students argumentative essays, this is something really cool that they might be able to see. Like, here's any topic, even with the, the pineapple on pizza one, right? Yeah. Like, it, it goes back and forth and it shows both sides of the argument. So that's that's fascinating. Okay, but here's my question. Are you opening a can of worms worms by showing them? Because those answers didn't have high vocabs. Like how would you know if they well, did practice okay. problems using that? Um, you know what? I think I I'm 
at least I'm familiar enough with my students writing that if they handed in this, I would be able to tell. <laughs> Additionally, I think there's, you know, when we go through the process and we go through an outline, there's a lot of it that they do in advance that they'll show me in advance. They'll show me their rough draft. They'll show me their outline. They'll show me their brainstorming chart, you know? And so I will already know kind of where they're going with everything. And so if they suddenly did like some of those pieces and then skipped a bunch and then suddenly handed in a beautiful finished work, yeah, that's not going to fly. Oh, okay. Going back to process of yeah. our product. So really looking at each step of the process to see how they're developing their ideas rather than just looking at their paragraph and being like, oh, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So very interesting here. All right. I think what blows my mind about some of this chat GPT stuff and how easy it is to use, because literally you just typed in the address and then asked it to create a whole podcast episode for you. Oh, and yeah. it did. And I'm like, wow, well, then what's the point of us? And then I thought about it and I was like, you know what? I think the part that we would never be able to replace with ChatGPT is like those human experiences and stories, right? Like the stories from your classroom or the, you know, the stories that Ellie and Jennifer told in the Warm Fuzzies episode or the really weird jokes that, you know, and the authentic reactions to them. Because you never tell me those jokes in advance. You always surprise no. <laughs> me with them. And I don't think they're weird. But, uh. <laughs> <laughs> but I just, I think that's the thing that I, I, you know, as much as people are panicking about all this AI technology, I think that there's no need to panic because there's still, there's still all the humanity that matters and we can still incorporate that into what we create and what we're doing. Well, and that's why it's so important that we protect humanity and we protect people's ability to tell their story because we know that that's censored in a lot of places. And so when we have opportunities to use AI in some way, we also have to remember, hey, we have the opportunity to lift the voices of others. Yeah, I like that a lot because, you know, one of my favorite things about reading and about, you know, learning history and science is exploring other people's perspectives, right? Not just my own, but learning more about the outside world. And I feel like a lot of that is through experiences. And so as long as we're continuing to have big experiences and new experiences and building that like neuroplasticity in our brains, I, I don't think AI is going to take anything away from that. <laughs> well, I do want to thank ChatGPT for coming on the show with us today <laughs> and answering our questions about pineapple pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, so... Artificial intelligence is interesting and all, but what's the homework going to be for our listeners? I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Yes, yeah, some, some odyssey here. I'm Ooh. just kidding, though. But your homework is actually to go mess with the chat uh, GPT bot. Um, just to see it for yourself before you make any calls about it, or at least familiarize yourself with the beginning of a potential Skynet situation. Uh, just, be <laughs> just be familiar with it, you know? Um, and it's, it's fun to mess around with and play around with. We want to give a special shout out to Josh Adkins from Paradise Valley Education Association for composing our theme song and another shout out to Carrie Wolf for producing each episode. If you want more information on other learn and lead opportunities and professional development made for educators and by educators, check out ArizonaEA.org slash professional dash excellence or reach out to your local president. If you're not currently a member and want to be part of creating opportunity for all students through the power of public education, you can join the Arizona Education Association by going to ArizonaEA.org backslash join. And that's the bell.